0: I'm Kieran Lynch, and welcome to Livicast, the Chocolate Sheep Podcast. Each episode, we'll bring you insights, advice, and technical updates for the sheep industry. Does the inclusion of companion foragers in the diet have an influence on intake characteristics, digestibility, and indeed, maintain production in sheep? That's the question being posed by an ongoing study as part of a wider program looking at companion forages in Chocolate Satin Ray at the moment. We're joined by postgraduate students here at Woodmarton and Dr. Fiona McGovern. They discuss what's been examined, how they're going about it, and some of the preliminary results from that work, as well as some of the future plans for the study. We start off, however, with Sarah giving us a bit of background to our postgraduate studies.
1: I'm a second year PhD student working in conjunction with Chagas Athenraye and University College Dublin. So I'm under the supervision of Fiona McGovern and Philip Creighton in in Chagas and Tommy Boland in um, UCD. So My study is looking at the the effect of sward type on intake, digestibility, methane output and meat quality in sheep. Um, So the diets that I'm looking at are perennial ryegrass white clover, perennial ryegrass red clover, perennial ryegrass chicory, perennial ryegrass plantain, um, and they're all in comparison to the perennial ryegrass only diet.
0: And I suppose it's part of a larger project overall, Fiona, in the grass to gas, looking at some of the abatement measures that could be implemented.
2: Yeah, that's right, Kieran. So Sarah's work um, is part of the Irish component of an international project where there are seven countries involved, both across the northern and southern hemisphere. Um, so we're looking at the relationship between feed intake and methane output, um, feed quality and methane output. And overall, there's um, additional work being done trying to develop Breeding values for methane and sheep production systems.
0: So this is a key component to it, Sarah. You might just explain to us what exactly have you looked at in the study to date?
1: Yep. So my study is kind of divided into two sections. Um, so the first part of my trial work was an intake and digestibility study. So this took place where animals are housed in metabolism crates. Um, and then the second part of my study goes on to look at the same five forages, but in a grazing scenario. And this is kind of focusing on the lambs, lambs in the post-weaning period. Um, so the first study, as I said, it was run in, in metabolism crates. We ran this study as a, a five by five Latin square design. So there were 20 animals on the trial. And by the end of the experimental period, each animal had experienced each treatment. Just for you,
0: maybe isn't familiar with that. So these animals, are fed individually on different components of these days. So what would they fed on a daily basis? So we sowed
1: each of the five forages um, as monocultures. Uh, these were managed so that we had appropriate, we had forage at an appropriate growth stage for each feeding period. Then each morning we'd manually cut these forages with an agri mower and collect them out in the field and bring them into the shed where would they were sorted for um, diet allocations. So the intake was recorded on for each animal for each day. And then they were offered um, their intake plus 10% to ensure ad lib feeding at a ratio of 75% perennial ryegrass and 25% of their allocated forage.
0: So it's trying to get a representation of what they could potentially graze in the field. So each of these 20 sheep got one of these diets at some point or other during the trial.
1: Yeah, so they all came in. um, So there are 20 animals across five uh, feeding periods. And there were also five dietary treatments. So by the end of the study, each animal had experienced each treatment. So they were on each, each forage for 12 days. They'd come off that treatment. They'd have two days of a break, and then they'd come in to adapt to the next feeding period.
0: Okay. So what kind of measurements were you looking at?
1: So from these animals, um, given that they were housed in metabolism crates, we had great scope to take um, nearly any measurement that we could want off them. So... I suppose primarily it was an intake and digestibility study. So by being housed in these metabolism crates, it facilitated individual intakes um, and we could gather individual feces and urine samples. Um, so gathering these feces and intake samples allowed us to calculate the digestibility. And then as well, we monitored live weight. We collected rumen, rumen samples, methane samples, blood samples, um, as well as we uh, performing muscle and back fat scanning on the animals.
0: Okay, so we know from some of the earlier work we've heard from this from Lisa and from others, it can have an impact on performance. From your measurements, like how did it impact intake?
1: Yeah, so it had quite a, a strong or a positive uh, influence on intake. So the inclusion of any companion forage positively influenced intake.
0: So uh, I suppose relative to grass only, which is the common day most of the sheep will be on, how much of an increase in intake did you see with companion forages?
1: Yep. So so the grass-only animals had the lowest dry matter intake of 1.55 kilos dry matter intake per day, um, with the inclusion of white clover, red clover, chicory, or plantain increasing this. So the highest dry matter intake was um, 1.76 kilos dry matter in- per day, and that was on the perennial ryegrass-chicory diet. So I suppose this could help explain some of, like Lisa has seen um, increases in animal performance on these forages. So, possibly the fact that it's increasing the animal's motivation to eat um, this could help I- explain the improvement seen in animal performance
0: yeah the intake is driving some of that increase in growth rate you also mentioned you're looking at the methane production and look this is topical at the moment it's something we're hearing about continually some of these forages are being used to abate methane um how did you go about looking at that and what were the results you seen?
1: Yep, so we took our, our methane measurements in um, portable accumulation chambers. So animals are measured on the final day of each measurement period. So they are measured five times across the entire study. So they, these portable accumulation chambers, They although they don't provide absolute methane values, they did allow us in this scenario to rank the diets um, in terms of their methane production. So animals spend 50 minutes in this uh, chamber where methane, oxygen and carbon dioxide measurements are taken at three specific time points. So we take a measurement at zero minutes when the animal goes into the chamber to ensure that there is no carbon dioxide or methane present and that animals have atmospheric oxygen um, of 20.9%. Then at 25 minutes, we take a second reading. And this is really just to monitor the the status of the animal. And if we notice them becoming stressed or anything at this time, they'll be removed from the chambers. And then on the 50 minutes, obtain our final reading um, and the animals are removed from the chamber.
0: So to go through the the packed chambers, how big of a difference did you see between the different forages?
1: Yeah, so we got quite substantial results. So we measured methane across two parameters. So we looked at it in terms of grams of methane produced per day, and then we looked at um, methane yield, so grams of methane produced per kilo of dry matter intake. Um, If we focus on methane production, we saw that the diet that ranked highest in terms of methane production was the perennial ryegrass chicory diet. Uh, But this was followed closely by perennial ryegrass plantain and perennial ryegrass only. And then we saw that the inclusion of either red or white clover ranked methane lower um, with perennial ryegrass plus white clover ranking methane the lowest. So these animals produce 18.81 grams of methane per day. And if we look at that in comparison to the perennial ryegrass only diet, um, it's a ranking of 14% lower. when white clover was included. And then when we looked in terms of methane yield, so the grams of methane produced per kilo of dry matter intake, it makes sense that the perennial ryegrass only animals in this case had the highest um, methane yield. And this would be due to the fact that they had the lowest dry matter intake. So as dry matter intake increases, uh, methane produced per kilo dry matter intake decreases um, as it it's essentially diluted over a greater intake. So in, um, and in this case, the uh, perennial ryegrass, white clover, animals actually had the lowest methane yield as well of eleven point seven six grams, and this was uh, this ranked twenty seven percent lower than the perennial ryegrass only animals.
0: So overall, relative to grass, the legumes are the pick of so them. the white clover, the red clover, and herbs are trailing behind in terms of methane production, or trailing ahead really in terms of methane production.
1: Yeah. So I suppose there are the the primary result we saw from this study anyway was that the inclusion of either red or white clover did rank methane lower um, in comparison to both the herbs and um, perennial ryegrass, with, I suppose, white clover possibly getting a, a slightly lower um, methane figure, figure to any of the f- treatments.
0: Okay. Fiona, I might just bring you in at this point, like, obviously Sarah said she's second year into this study, it's early phase, but what other aspects are you looking at?
2: Yeah, so I suppose some of the other things that we've looked at from serious feed intake and digestibility study, first of all, um, are the feed components. So we have detailed information on feed composition and we will look at that versus methane output to see if we can see relationships there between feed component um and methane output. And then we also want to do some nitrogen balance work as well. So looking at um, you know, how much nitrogen the animals are taking in versus how much nitrogen they're excreting in their urine feces. Um, on a larger scale, then, if you push it on from the intake and digestibility study, Sarah is also monitoring um, both ewes and lambs in a field grazing study. So following on from the work that Philip is doing with Lisa McGreen. Um, And on that study, Sarah is measuring the methane output in the lambs post weaning, so at three to four time points post weaning, depending on the days to slaughter of the lambs. And then she's also following a cohort of lambs to slaughter, where we're taking some detailed carcass measurements and um, meat samples. So I suppose it probably diverts away a little bit from the methane work directly, but Um, You know, it it is a pertinent question as to whether if animals are eating a proportion of a legume or a herb in in conjunction with perennial ryegrass, is it going to affect the quality of the meat that's being produced? Um, So Sarah is looking at the meat quality and we're doing some sensory analysis work on that with Emily Crofton in Chagas Ashton. Um, So there's basically a trained panel of consumers that get to come in and um, the meat samples from Sarah's lambs are cooked and they get to taste them um, and assess them across a range of traits so we'll have some hopefully some interesting data coming out from that by the end of the year early next year
0: it's definitely important as well because you have to look at it in an overall system context
2: absolutely yeah and like the reality is for all of the Irish sheep producers, you know, sheep meat is our primary product. So if we're not producing a product that a consumer wants to eat, then we have a problem.
0: Definitely have, Sarah. It's been a very It's been a very interesting update, Sarah. You have a lot of work in front of you from our fuels after outlining. It's great <laughs> getting you on today. I'm sure yeah. based on that, we'll have you back at a later stage on the podcast.
1: No problem. Thanks, Karen. Thank you.
0: There's a lot of effort going in and examining various aspects of how these companion forages influence performance and some of the other characteristics we've discussed in this episode. I'm sure we'll be joined again by Sarah, Fiona and others to discuss some of the ongoing studies over the coming months and years. That's it for me for this episode. Again, for any updates on our sheep program, keep an eye on our Twitter page, Chaga Sheep. I'm Ciarán Lynch. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to subscribe and listen in to any of our episodes.